Hey, thanks for listening to the Afresh Church Message Podcast. Our hope is that today's message is encouraging and uplifting and ultimately will draw you into a closer and deeper relationship with Jesus starting right now. We're starting a new series and I'm really excited for it. Um, It's called Elephant in the Room. Ooh. Yes, this will make you. This will make you kind of just like a raisin. Um, this is a. This is a good. This is a good series. I'm really, really excited for that. I get to preach the honor of preaching. Um, and if it's tough for you, imagine how tough it is for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna. We're gonna talk about some things. Um, thank you. Thank you, KJ. We're gonna talk about some things that really we all have questions about. Um, we all. We've all questioned. We all. Some of us want to know the answer. Some of us eh, don't really, could, could probably go without knowing the answer. But I think it's good to kind of break that, break that stigma of what, what does the Bible say about this and actually go to the Bible and talk about it instead of just believing something that someone told you from that one church that the one pastor said about the thing that you know that maybe you should or should not do. I don't know. It all depends on, you know what I'm saying? So let's, let's take the time to go to the Bible and do it ourselves. Um, so that's what this whole series is about. Oh my gosh, I forgot to introduce you to a fresh. I'm sorry, if you haven't been to a fresh before, welcome home. Uh, we're glad to have you. We're, we're just a community of people that, that love Jesus, um, and that's really it. Uh, we're, we're not much else um, other than some really good-looking people, I guess, but uh, <laughs> we just, we love Jesus, and we love Jesus' presence. We believe that, that God's love is for all of you, every single person, every single person uh, that you encounter, God's love is for. So our mission is to love people into relationship with Jesus, and what that means is that we're going to give you that same love that Jesus has for you in hopes that you'll receive it for yourself and experience this new life that we have in Christ, this a fresh life that we have in Christ. Be, um, I, I'm just, I, I'm blown away every single time uh, we meet together just because of, of God's faithfulness. It's nothing that we do. It's nothing that we don't think that we are here to put on a show. We're not here to, to put on, to, to try to sell you something. It's, it's, it's not that. It's a free gift. We're just trying to show you how good life is with Jesus. And that's our goal. That's our goal. Um, so in that, there are some, <clears throat> there are some things that, 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 um, that go with Christianity or, or some stigmas that go with Christianity or, or maybe some topics that go with Christianity, that go with following Jesus that maybe we don't necessarily understand, maybe we don't necessarily like, maybe it's kind of uncomfortable. Uh, so that's what this whole series is about. We're going to un, un, um, unwrap these things. And just a heads up, next week, next week, you'll probably want to take your kids to Kids Church if you haven't already, because uh, we're going to be talking about some good things, some really good things. Um, intimacy, the, the good kind, all right? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so just to <clears throat> give you a heads up. But then, then again, you know, if your kids are like, if they're like at the age, you're like, I don't know, eh, let me just say this, and I'm not going to influence your decision in any way, but I will say that most kids learn, I think the statistic is by, by the third grade, they found out about this sort of intimacy. Um, and so we rather them learn it about, them learn about intimacy, uh, about what God says about intimacy. He's the one that created it, yes? So wouldn't we rather them hear what the church has to say, what God has to say about this topic other than the world? I'm just saying. I'm not going to try to influence your decision. However, just keep it in mind. <clears throat> but for your younger ones, probably just put them in kids' church. They'll learn something good. 
You'll learn something good too, but uh, you know. Um, so, so today, the elephant in the room that I want to address, you ready for this? Alcohol. As we, oh, yeah, as we all just shrivel up like raisins in our seats, like, oh my gosh, alcohol. Yes, this is, we're going to ask the question, can Christians drink alcohol? Uh, is, is drinking alcohol a sin? Is it, is, it, is, is, it, um, is it bad for you? Is it wrong? Is it unacceptable? Is it, is it, is it okay? What, what is it? Um, and you're like, really, Pastor Sean? Right after Apple Blossom, you're going to preach this message? <laughs> to be honest, I didn't know it was Apple Blossom a couple weeks ago when I planned this out, so you know what? It's on you. It was the Lord, okay? Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> this is a controversial topic within the church. And I think we all have, have probably heard some, some way, shape, or form of this being communicated to us, maybe not in the best of ways, and I hope to do that today. I hope to shed some light on what God actually says about alcohol, what, what the Bible actually says about alcohol, and, and, and as Christians, what should we do with it? So... Um, <clears throat> I just want to, I just, and just another thing too, my, my goal is, is not to change you. My goal is not to change you. My goal is to introduce you to Jesus. Now, with that, when we go into a relationship, when we come into a relationship with Jesus, there's a lot of, thing that cha- lot of things that change. Um, and, and if you have a relationship with Jesus, you know this, you just, you wake up different. You brush your teeth different. You drive to work different. You go to bed different. You look at people differently. Um, so I'm just, just a heads up, I'm not trying to change you. I'm trying to introduce you to Jesus and, and show you what Jesus says about this topic. And if he changes you on that, that's on him, okay? So don't shoot the messenger, all right? Um, but, but this is a controversial chop- topic within the church. And, and I think I know the reason why. Uh, because if, if you have gone to the Bible for answers like this, you've probably been really, really confused. And let me just explain. Let me just explain. So I'm going to read some Bible verses. Um, don't ever do this. Take them out of context. I'm doing this as, a, as an example to show you um, how, where the, the Bible talks about alcohol, where it talks about drinking and all this kind of stuff. So, so I just I want to show you, because it is confusing. It is confusing to, to read one thing, and then it seems like you read something else, and it's contradictory. So, so let's, let's see. Galatians 5, not, you don't have to turn here, by the way. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Proverbs 31, verse 4 and 5, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, to, to guzzle wine. Rulers should not crave alcohol, for if they drink, they may forget the law and, 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 justice, and not give justice to the oppressed. Romans 13, 13, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness and wild parties and drunkenness or sexual promiscuity and immoral living or quarreling, or, I'm sorry, or in quarreling and jealousy. Proverbs 20, verse 1, wine produces mockers, alcohol leads to brawls, those led astray by drink cannot be wise. Proverbs 23, 31, do not gaze at wine, seeing how red it is, how it sparkles in the cup, how smoothly it goes down. Very good imagery here. Um, so, so, you know, this is, this is kind of, if you've read any of these, you're like, okay, you know, alcohol's bad. But on the other hand, here's some other references that kind of positive light. Uh, for instance, First uh, Timothy, don't drink only water. Don't drink only water. You have to drink a little steak of your stomach because you are sick so often. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, telling Timothy this. 
Psalm 104, 14, you cause the grass to grow, this is uh, David, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for people to use. You allow them to produce food on the earth, wine to make them glad, olive oil to soothe their skin, and bread to give them strength, Ecclesiastes 9, 7. So go ahead, eat your food with joy and drink your wine with a happy heart, for God approves of this. So you understand where the, not to mention the whole first half of John chapter two, where Jesus's first miracle is turning water into wine at a wedding because they ran out and it was good wine. It was really good. That's what they said. Jesus is a good wine brewer. I don't, maker, wine maker. Yeah. So you understand the dilemma that pastors face here. It's like people come to you and like, what, what should I do? And I'm like, I don't know, let's go to the Bible for answers. And it's like, it seems as if they contradict themselves and they're fighting against each other. But I, I, I think, and again, never do this. You're taking it way out of context. There, there's context for all these things. But, but, but no wonder this is such a hot topic in the church today. No wonder this is such a hot topic among Christians today because we do not know what to believe about it, right? We don't know what to believe about it. So my goal for today is to address the elephant in the room of how should Christians how should Jesus followers treat alcohol? You guys ready for this? Okay, I, I don't think some of you are, but that's all right. Okay, so our, let's go to our main passage today, and we're gonna read in, in Ephesians chapter five, uh, starting at verse 15. If you're reading from your fresh Bibles, it's page number 706. Growing up, I wish my pastors would have done that for me, so I'm gonna do it for you. Um, and who, who, by the way, who has a real authentic paper Bible in the house today? Where are my spiritual people? Yeah, yeah. Who's got, who's got a Bible on your, on your phones? Your, your digital, okay, list a little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Who's got the whole thing memorized and is just going to, uh, just me? I'm just kidding. All right. Ephesians chapter five. Um, I, I want to dissect this passage of scripture specifically uh, because I think Paul writes a very beautiful, uh, beautiful letter here. And um, Paul is writing this from what, they, what we believe to be in prison, um, along with when he wrote um, Philippians and a few other ones too. And he's writing to the church of Ephesus. And normally what, his, um, what, what Paul's letters consist of is, hey, here's all the things you're doing wrong. Here's how you fix them, right? And that's good. We, I think Paul's letters are good for instruction for the church today. That's what we use them a lot for. This one, however, Ephesians is, is a really encouraging one. Um, and he's mainly being like, hey, you're doing good. Keep it up. <laughs> Keep up the good work. And he's writing primarily to Gentiles, uh, Gentile Christians who, um, it, just a little Bible history, um, the Jewish people believe that God was going to send the Messiah only for the Jews and only for them, only to save their people. And when Jesus came, he's like, hey, Yes, I'll save you, but also everyone else in the world too. So you've got the Jewish and the non-Jewish. Non-Jewish is Gentile. So unless you're Jewish by heritage, you are Gentile today. So and there's, it's, it's, it's really cool though because this, this letter that, <clears throat> excuse me, this letter that Paul's writing, I'm gonna just, hold on. This letter that Paul's writing, it's better with a raspy voice anyways. This letter that Paul's writing in uh, Ephesians, um, scholars believe that this was actually not written specifically to one church, but to many churches. It was, um, it was addressed to all the churches, so it was to be passed around and, and um, used for instruction for all churches, which is kind of cool, because if you think about it, this I, I don't know if this is actually accurate or not. Don't hold me to this, but if we read it in that mindset, and then Paul is actually writing this to us, to us. If he's writing it to all the churches, not a specific person, he's writing it to us. So we can take this and act as if Paul is writing to us. But 
Um, this is uh, so. This is Paul writing. He's uh, <clears throat> excuse me. He's 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 giving some instruction. He's he's giving some encouragement. Keep it up. Do some good things, and don't be uh, don't be ashamed of of being a Gentile because we're all one family. We're all the family of Christ. All the family of Jesus. So he's he's very encouraging in this book. But but let's read just just five verses today. Uh, Ephesians chapter five, verse fifteen, and we'll go all the way to verse twenty. And it says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Someone needs to hear that today. (laughs) Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything, give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's instruction is, is, is very, very straight to the point here. Um, and I think that there's no doubt that what he is saying is, is very clear. Don't be drunk with wine because it's going to ruin your life. Don't be drunk with wine because it's going to be, it's going to ruin your life. That doesn't, now, a lot of the times we have some poetic freedom. He's not saying it's okay to be drunk on Tito's because that's not going to ruin your life. But he's not saying that. He's saying just don't, don't be, the, the heart of it is, is don't be, don't be drunk. Don't, don't get drunk. Don't live in drunkenness. It's, it's going to ruin your life. And now if you're, um, if you're here today and you're like, oh, great, another one of those you know, you're going to hell, you're a sinner kind of sermons from, from a pastor who knows nothing about me. I get it. I get it. I really do. So just, just hang on for a minute. Just hang on for, give me just a couple hours to explain myself here, okay? Um, no, but let's, seriously, let's, can we just all agree as a, as a congregation today to leave our preconceived notions at the door, see what Jesus says about this, see what God says about this, see what God's messenger says about this topic, and, and let's really come in with an open mind, right? I, I, know, I know that we, we, we have lifestyles and, and ways that we live, and I'm not judging you for that. My, my goal here is not to judge you. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. However, I think that this instruction is really good for the way that we live our lives, and, and I'll explain later, but, but let's just can we leave our preconceived notions at the door and just see what see what the Lord has to says about this word? Can we agree to that? Is that okay today? Okay. All right. This is the elephant in the room. Let's pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus, so much for this day. Thank you so much for this time that we get to be together. God, I pray no one throws tomatoes at me today. I'm just the messenger. Uh, but I just pray that as we, as we dive into your word, as we dive into what you say about certain lifestyles and, and some of the things we do, um, that, that, that you would reveal to us in love uh, what you're trying to portray, what you're trying to say to us. And, and Holy Spirit, we're open ears to speak to us this morning and have your way in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, all of, the, all of the holy people said, okay, that was everybody, by the way. <laughs> um, so th- this, this, before we address, before we really address the topic of can dr- Christians drink alcohol, let me, just, let me just point out here that I'm not speaking from a hypothetical perspective. Um, I, I get the party scene. I get the, 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 the party life. I don't even know. That's what I called it back in the day. I'm only 26. It's not really that back in the day, um, by the way. But I get it. I get it. I get this. this I, I get what, what, um, what the dilemma is here because let's be honest. It's fun. You don't have to agree with that. You don't have to raise your hand. I'll just say I'll speak it for us. Sin is fun. And if you're not having fun while you're sinning, you're sinning wrong. Okay? Okay. <laughs> 
but that's, that's, that's what draws us in. Now, sin, however, is what separates us from God. So while it may be fun in the moment, uh, long-term, it is, it is very, detrimental, de- very detrimental to us. But, but I, I, I understand, I understand the, the, the idea here. I understand why we like to defend this so much, uh, because I did it myself, right? I used to you know, go out and, and, and every single Friday, Saturday, that, that was me. I was in the party scene. I was at the bars. You could find me there. I was the most popular person in the place. And it's funny because I wasn't popular in high school. I used to sneak out of my mom's house in the middle of the night, go to my friends. And, sorry, mom, I know you're here somewhere. Um, I think she knows about this already. I'd go out to my friend's house. We'd just we'd get hammered all night. I get it. 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 But please hear me out. Please hear me out that, that I'm, not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. We all need to hear this message because it's, it's, it's not just, well, I'll get into that. It's, it's yeah, let's, let's just go into it with open arms, open ears, and um, let's just see what God says. So, so before, we, before we really dive into to the Bible, let's, let's set the Bible aside just for a second. I never do this, but just for a second. Let's talk about like the physical attributes of drunkenness, okay? Let's just be real here. Um, throwing up, gross. Um, hangovers, not fun, <laughs> okay? Uh, um, memory loss, waking up with a $350 bar receipt in your pocket the next morning. Um, what else here? What else? Uh, um, waking up to realize you've done something you never would have done in a million years. Finding videos of you on someone else's Snapchat or someone else's Instagram or, or pictures of your... Have you ever seen a picture uh, or have you ever looked at someone in the eyes that is intoxicated and you're just like, there's no one behind that, those eyes. There's no one there. Or maybe you've seen a picture of yourself or a video of yourself. You're like, that is not me. I don't know who that is. And yet we, we claim that we're in our element, right? And so the, the physical attributes, the physical attributes of, of drunkenness, you know, um, hangovers, throwing up, uh, having to, to, to figure out how you're going to pay for your groceries the next, <laughs> the next week because you spent all of it at the bar, like that's, that's not fun. Let's just, we can, I think we can all agree that's not a fun place uh, to be. And, and yet the culture we live in celebrates this kind of activities, where we, I mean, we make music about it. We make, uh, we make Instagram posts about it. We market t- towards this. This is the party life, the party. Come and have fun. Come and, come and, come and be a part of the family at the, at the, at the, at the, at the bar stools, you know, and, and, and we make movies about it. And most of the time, the movies that are about uh, drunkenness usually end up with them spending the entire two and a half hours of the movie trying to fix what they messed up while they were under the influence. Um, the Hangover, all three of them, I didn't watch them. I read the reviews. Um, I just got myself in trouble there. Okay. And, uh, you know, and I know for a fact, I know for a fact we have some people in attendance today that can attest to you from their personal lives that alcohol will, I'm sorry, drunk, drunkenness will ruin your life. And like Paul said, yes, getting drunk will in fact ruin your life. Jesus makes us into a new creation, but drunkenness only convinces us that we are gives us a false confidence, a false identity, and Jesus gives us a true identity. He gives us, the, he gives us an idea of who we really are in him. And at some point, if we continue this lifestyle, if we, if, if we continue going on, and, and um, it's going to turn into to, to, you know, just one more time, just one more party, just, just one more party, just one more special occasion. Eventually, a special occasion will turn into a common occurrence, and eventually just one time, or maybe even just one drink, doesn't even exist anymore. 
And it's no question, it's no question that the drunkenness cultivates uh, dangerous and, and, and reckless uh, lifestyles and activities. And, 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 and although more than likely it will put you on track to ruin your life physically, surely, surely it will ruin your life spiritually. Because it, it not only is it a sin, and well, let me, let me just, let me, let me unpack the word sin, because that's, that's also kind of like a dirty word in today's culture too. Sin, oh, we don't like sin, ah, makes me feel bad, ah, I feel gross, ah, sin, ah, ah, and just be thrown at me, okay? That's, I, I get it. So let me, let me just share my heart on sin really quick. Sin is not something we throw at people. Sin is not something that we label people with. Although we are all sinners by nature, however, what that means is that by default, we live in a world that separates us from God. That's what sin is. There's no way to sugarcoat it. Sin is separation from God. Anything that causes sin causes separation from God. This, this is just the truth. And, 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 and the, the reason that, that we... Um, the reason that we come to church, the reason, the reason we pray to this guy named Jesus is because he is the one who came down from heaven, from his throne on heaven, because of our sinful nature, said, look, I know you can't fix it yourself. I know you can't have a right relationship with me yourself. I'm going to take it for you. And so Jesus became sin, nailed that sin to the cross so we could be called the righteousness of God. This is the love of our Father. This is the love of our Savior, the love of Jesus for us. He loves us so much that even in our sin, even in our brokenness, he said, no, I, I don't want them to have to deal with that. I'm going to bridge the gap. And so now, sin that is separation, Jesus makes a way. But if we're stuck in our sin, unrepentant in our sin, then we are still separated from God. It's not that God doesn't love us, but God is too holy to be in the presence of sin. It's like any relationship, you know? Any relationship you're in, if, if, if you, if, if my, I don't know where she went, she's probably changing the baby, but if, if, if I, I was married to my wife and I, I went out and cheated on her with 18 different women, it wouldn't necessarily, well, it might change her love for me because we have an imperfect love, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm just looking for ways to separate myself. Jesus says, no matter what, I'm coming to die for you so I can take care of that sin. I can pay that price so that you can, I can bridge the gap and you can have a relationship with me. But that, that's what sin is. That's what sin is. So, so, so drunkenness is a sin. Drunkenness is something that separates us from God. It's very clear in scripture. And, and more, than, more, than often, or more often than not, drunkenness leads to more and more sin because of things that we do when we're under the influence or we don't even remember we, we start to find more ways to separate ourselves from God. Not always intentionally, but that's what it tends to do. So there's no sugarcoating it. Um, <clears throat> that's the bottom line. Sin is separation from God. And so with that in mind, I want you to understand that God is not trying to be a buzzkill. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's not trying to steal your fun. He's not this big guy in the sky ready to throw lightning bolts down and just be like, ah, I told him not to do that. He's not trying to steal our fun. He's not trying to steal our joy. He's not trying to ruin our life. In fact, he's trying to give you life. He's not trying to ruin it. He's trying to give it to you because he's a loving father and he loves his children. He knows the best thing for you and for me is to be with him. And so that's why he, 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 he is so passionate about eradicating sin for us, so passionate about sending his son Jesus to eradicate sin for us. And, 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 and he's showing us the way to, to righteousness. He's showing us the way to, to be with him. 
He's a, he's a loving father. And sometimes we go, we're like children <clears throat> where the, the shiniest thing is just attract us and we go straight for that. Even if it's, if we're, we're crossing a road, you know, we just run out in the middle of the street. Your kids probably do this sometimes. They just run out in the middle of the street. What's your first instinct? You say, stop, stop, hold my hand. And that's what God is saying. Stop, don't do, you're gonna ruin your life. Hold my hand and let's go through this together. Let's not be separated anymore because this life is too hard to do on our own. And the sad part is, is not a lot of us see it that way. We just see God as this big angry guy in the sky who is is ready to to, um, condemn us. He's ready to throw lightning bolts. I don't know why that's the, the... the action I keeps coming to my head, you know, this guy sitting on a cloud throwing lightning bolts like a cartoon or something like that. That's, that's how I imagine people see God, and, and I, I want to try my hardest to, to let you know that that's not who he is at all. He's such a loving father. He's such a, a good, loving God. But we don't see it always like that. We, we just see it as God trying to take away our freedom. <laughs> He's trying to take away our, 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 our freedoms. I turned 21. I've earned this, you know. And, and I just want you to understand what we're fighting for here um, when it comes to drunkenness is, God, I, I want the freedom to slur my words all the time and no one to be able to understand me. I, I want the freedom to have a killer headache the next morning and spend so much money I don't even know what to do. I want the freedom to make poor choices. I, I want the, 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 the freedom for us not to see straight or even black out, lose our balance or, or wake up with bruises you don't remember, maybe even people you don't remember. That's what we're, that's what we're mad at, at God to say, hey, this is separating you from me. That's why we're mad at him. I, I, want, this, I want to live this life. I want this, this freedom all in the name of a good time. All in the name of, it sounds silly when we put it that way, doesn't it? It sounds silly. But, but you know, sure it's fun. Sure it's fun. But is it good for you? I mean, physically, it's not even good for you physically, but spiritually, it's, it's, it's detrimental to our faith. It's detrimental to our connection, our relationship with God, because it separates us further and further and further away. Are we willing to ruin our lives just for a, a night of fun, a night out with the boys or a night in with the, with the girls, you know? Is it, is it worth that? And, and because we don't see it eye to eye uh, with God on this subject all the time, um, we, we, we just, we be, we're mad at him. We're, we don't understand, because we don't understand his, his um, the reason that he puts this commandment in place. And, and I want you to understand that, that God's word has more authority than our understanding of it. God's word has more authority than our understanding of it. God's word has more authority than our opinion of it. Because he's a good father, because he loves you and he loves me, he puts these rules, not even rules, but guidelines in place and says, hey, look, this is, this is not a good path for you to be on because he's a loving father. He doesn't want us to see us, or he doesn't want to see us ruin our lives. He doesn't want to see us run out into the street and get hit by a car. This is our good father. And thankfully, drunkenness is, is kind of one of those ones where we, we know the effects it has on our life spiritually and, and physically, and mentally sometimes, but, but when it comes to the things we don't see, we start to doubt or ignore God's authority and, and God's commands and God's instructions just because we don't like them. Um, sex is a huge one, just saying. And again, we'll talk about that next week, but just get ready. Uh, we're going to bring you steel toes, okay? That's going to be all right, yeah. <laughs> but, but just because we don't understand the guidelines doesn't mean we shouldn't live like they have the same authority of the ones that we do. Just because we don't understand the guidelines doesn't mean we shouldn't live under them the way that the ones we do. The, how did I, hold on. <laughs> Just because we don't understand the guidelines that God's put in, put in place doesn't mean we shouldn't live like they don't have authority like the ones we do understand. 
And so, 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 so drunkenness is clearly laid out in Scripture, Tr- clearly laid out in Scripture that this is not good for you. This does separate you from God. I wish I had some better news to say about that um, just to make you feel better, but it's, it's just the truth. It will separate you from God. But, but, but that's not necessarily the, the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is, is what about, what about, can I have a beer after work? Can I have a, it's so quiet in here, by the way. It's, I feel the tension. Again, I don't know why the, the past couple weeks I've been like, yeah, let's preach really convicting sermons and expect to, you know, people be like, amen, pastor, that's so good. <laughs> it's like, ouch, that hurts. Um, is, it, is it okay for a Christian? Is it okay? Can I have a beer after work? Can I have a glass of wine at, at dinner or, or out with my friends? Can I have a margarita at El Centro? Um, unfortunately, the Bible doesn't really clarify on margarita Mondays. However, we do have enough knowledge, and I think we have enough scripture to help guides, help us understand God's heart in it all. So let's just say this. Let's, let's level the playing field here. Um, Jesus never sinned. Yes? That's weak. Yes, Jesus never, he was blameless. He never sinned, not once. Um, he was tempted, and he showed us that he can overcome temptation, uh, but he never once sinned. Now, he, there, we have record of him drinking wine, and it wasn't like, you know, like, it wasn't like, some people argue, it's like, oh yeah, but it was actually just grape juice back then. I was like, I don't know. Jesus wouldn't turn water into grape juice. That's just Kool-Aid. That's not that impressive. That's not that cool, you know? <laughs> it's just saying. Um, but we could put two and two together. If, if Jesus never sinned, and, and Jesus also drank wine, so we, could, we can make the assumption that wine is not the problem. Alcohol is not the problem. So, so we've, got, we've got alcohol here, which we can uh, see is not a sin. And then we've got drunkenness way over here, which we can see is a sin. It, it does separate us from God. So what is in the middle? How, how do we get from here to here? How, what is in the middle here? Self-control. This is the problem that we struggle with in today's world. Self-control. How much alcohol do we consume? How, how many things do we, do we, do we have? It's, it's, it, alcohol is not the sin. Drunkenness is. It all boils down to self-control. I, I guess I actually should say lack thereof of self-control. Without self-control, we no longer have the ability to say enough is enough. And that can be in more ways than just, than just alcohol here, but I'll keep it uh, geared towards this. Um, you know, one drink does turn into another drink, into another drink, into another drink. And all of a sudden, you are blacked out on your kitchen floor. <laughs> so, 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 so leading to drunkenness, leading to sin... Is, is not the alcohol that's the sin, it's the, self, it's the lack of the self-control. Now, we could say, we could, and, and I'll, I'll level with you here, we could say, well, if alcohol leads to drunkenness, then just don't drink it. I am with you there. That, that is a, that would be, you would be right, and you would eliminate any chance of ever being drunk, and this might be how you grew up, this is how I grew up. This might be how you grew up, or maybe how you've interpreted, or not interpreted, but, but heard people say, like, oh, this, if you're, if you drink alcohol, you're gonna get drunk, right? And, um, and, and I understand the good intentions here, um, but I struggle with this. I struggle with this because, because if, if I were to leave you there, if, I, if I, your pastor were to say, drunkenness is a sin, alcohol leads to drunkenness, don't drink alcohol, have a good day. 
I would not feel good about that. I, I could not preach that message confidently. And here's why, is because if we leave it there, like a lot of people do, we miss the heart of the law, and we focus so much on the letter of the law. We miss the heart of the law, because uh, I'm gonna, uh, okay, I'll just say it. If, if, if we say, okay, alcohol's bad, no more alcohol, you can't do that, because it leads to drunkenness, um, we can still, we can say alcohol's bad, and, and still have no self-control. We can, we can say, oh, sex is bad, sex is gross, sex is dirty and disgusting, so save it for your spouse. <laughs> um, we can say, don't have sex before you're married, be a virgin, and, and do all this thing, and still not be pure, still not live in purity. We can, we can say, you know, you have to be nice to people, you have to serve people, and still not love them like Jesus loves them. So what's the law, what's the, what's the heart here? Is it the letter of the law or is it the heart of the law? Is it, is it that drunkenness is the sin, so, so eliminate everything that leads up to drunkenness? Or do we practice self-control because that's what God wants to do in us in the first place? God, see, God doesn't want your, your actions. He wants your heart. Your actions will follow. But God doesn't want your actions. He wants your heart. He wants the core of who you are because that's, that's how you get to your actions. You don't, get to your, you don't get to your heart from your actions. You get to your actions from your heart. If you can change the heart, everything around you changes. Like I said before, when we come into a relationship with Jesus, everything becomes new. You, you, you wake up different. You go to bed different. You brush your teeth different. You look at your coworkers different. Even the ones you don't like, they're different to you because of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. It's, it's not the, 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 the letter of the law. It's the heart. So, so I can't stand up in here and say, don't drink because it leads to drunkenness. But I, I, I want us to understand that I want us to know what it's like to have self-control, what it's like to practice self-control, because that's what the real problem is, not alcohol, but it's the lack of the self-control. And so here's what a lot of us ask today, is, is how much can we drink then and not get drunk? How far can we go and, and not be over the edge? And, and, you know, we ask this question all the time about everything, everything. Uh, I promise you, you do, because when you go home today, you're gonna, if you get on the interstate, you're gonna look at the, the little 70 up there, and you're gonna look down, you're going 75. We love to push the limit. What is speed limit, honestly? Let's, let's break this down for a second. What does speed limit mean? It means you can go up to 70 miles an hour and nothing above. <laughs> That's the law, right? You know, and, and, and what, this is what we do. We push it like, oh, you know, when we first start driving, when you first got your license, like, oh my gosh, 65. I am not. I'm, I'm going to be that person, you know? And then like, I don't know, three days later, you're like, you know what? I'm over this. <laughs> Let's go 70. You actually go the speed limit. And it's like, oh, 72. Uh, 70, what's, I mean, what's two more? 74. What's three more? 77. And eventually, you're getting up to, uh, what's, oh, come on, three more? Three miles an hour is not a lot at all. Then you find yourself, you're going 80. And did you know in the state of Virginia, if you get pulled over going 80, it's a reckless driving? Yeah. Reckless driving. It's, but this is what we do. We're like, how far can we go? Some of us do this today. You, you had a bowl of cereal today, and the, milk that, the gallon of milk in your fridge has been expired for a week. And, <laughs> and you do this. You, you take the lid off. You're like, 
You, you do the smell test. My wife does this, and it bothers the crap out of me. <laughs> She's like, it's three days good. Three days passed. She'll stir it around, stir all the mildew and stuff, and be like, yeah, it smells fine. We're good. And I'm like, I'm just going to have something else. You know? But we, we love to push the limit. We love to, to ask the question, how far can I go? And it's really just another way of saying, what can I get away with? What can I get away with? What, what is seemingly not much, but what can I get away with in this situation? It's a very dangerous question to ask ourselves because Satan loves when we have this mindset. Satan loves when we have this mindset uh, because you might, you, might ask how, you might as well ask, how can we flirt with sin and not fall into its trap? How can we flirt with sin and not fall into its trap? This, this is what it looks like. You know, we, we walk right up to the edge of sin. We say, eh, it's just one more drink. Eh, it's just one more time. Ooh. Getting a little, a little tipsy. That's not the right word to use. We're just going over. We're just going to watch a movie and cut on the couch. Really? It's just one more. It's just this. It's just that. And eventually, we're going we're gonna to fall because we have no self-control to limit ourselves from getting to this point. But then once we're tiptoed on our heels here, we have no control of ourselves anymore because we can't stop ourselves from going any further and we fall off the cliff. Satan loves this mindset we have. How, how far can we go? How can I flirt with sin and not fall into its trap? And the thing is, Satan doesn't move us in big steps. Oh, no, we're scared of big steps. You would, you would no one ever wakes up and he's like, you know what? I'm going to cheat on my wife today. That sounds like a good, good plan for that. No one ever wakes up like that. But it's the, it's the small things, you know, the, the text here and there, the, the email here and there, and, and let's, get, let's go out for lunch. Let's go out for dinner. And it's the small steps that seem to you like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. What's, what's one more? What's this? So let's, let's, why don't I go over? And eventually you wake up and you're like, who am I? No self-control. We lack self-control. So how far can we go is usually a question we ask in the heat of the moment. Hear this. How far can we go is usually a question we ask in the heat of the moment, but what is my limit is something we can ask with a sound mind. What is my limit is something we can ask ourselves with a sound mind, something we can pray about with a sound mind. Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 31. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's our limit. That's our limit right there. Do it all for the glory of God. That's our limit. As Christians, we can limit ourselves through the Holy Spirit. Say, you know what? If this isn't bringing God glory, then that's not for me. And we have self-control and we step away. This is our, this is, this is, we need to stop asking how far can we go and start asking how can I glorify God and stick to it? This, this is what we need to be asking ourselves. And, 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 you know, this isn't a decision we make on our own. Self-control is a, is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So what Paul says in, 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 our, in our text today, he says, instead of getting drunk and ruining your life, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Not the Spirit's. 
Be filled with the Spirit. Because when we're filled with the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit are evident in our lives, and one of those is self-control. We're able to have self-control through the power of the Holy Spirit guiding our lives. Let him make the decision what is glorifying to God and what is not in our lives. And maybe for some of us, that looks like self-control is, yeah, I can have a drink or two with a, with a friend, but that's, that's my limit. I, I, this is my conviction. And, and, and maybe that looks like, you know what? I'm just not gonna drink at all. Not that I struggle with it. Not that it has, has um, control over me, but I, it's, it's not glorifying to God in my life, so I'm just gonna, just gonna drop it. Maybe for some of us, it's getting rid of all of it in the house that you have right now and that tempts you every single time you walk past the kitchen or just not buying it at all. Maybe for some of us, self-control through the Holy Spirit means not going out with your friends, even though they're good, close friends, but not going out to the bar with them because you know that you can't control yourself. You're gonna place yourself in a situation that is not glorifying to God. And, and maybe self-control looks for you like taking the long way home because the route that's the fastest way home has got that bar that you always are tempted by. And you know that one day you're just not gonna be able to control yourself and you're gonna have to stop in there. And maybe self-control looks like looks different for all of us in, in, in different areas of our lives. Maybe it means not watching as much TV. Maybe monitoring the shows you do watch. Is this glorifying to God? Watching the, the, the things you say. We'll, we'll talk about that another week. Watching the, the, the amount of time that you invest in your cell phone screen. Is this glorifying to God? The amount of time we play video games, is this glorifying to God? The places you go, is this glorifying to God? This is the Holy Spirit self-control that, that I want all of us to understand and, and have. It's, it's not necessarily that alcohol is the problem, but it's, it's this, the lack of self-control that, that we have. So we have to ask ourselves, what is our limit? And the limit is, is this glorifying to God? I think all of us need to have a, a long conversation with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and and see what that is for our lives. Maybe go through your entire life and say, all right, what is not glorifying to you? And cut it out. Jesus says, um, he says, if, 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 your, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and, and throw it away. Because it, it's, it's better to, to, to enter the kingdom of heaven only with one eye than it is to, to lose your entire soul. He says, if your arm causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter the kingdom of heaven with only one arm than to lose your soul. And I, 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 a lot of people think he was being figurative there, but I think he treats sin so seriously that, that he was dead serious there. So I think a lot of us in our lives maybe can, maybe you're thinking of it right now, you know exactly what, you, what the Holy Spirit's telling you in this moment. And you're like, you know what, maybe I, I should cut that off and throw it out because it's not glorifying to God. Maybe I should not go there. Maybe I should not drink this. Maybe I should not do this because it's not glorifying to God. And that sounds, you know, we can make that decision today and that sounds wonderful. And I just want to give you one last piece of information here that, um, that just because we make this decision, don't let your guard down. 
Just because we, we know what's not glorifying to God and, and we, we, we feel the Holy Spirit telling us that this is the, the direction we need to, 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 to live our lives in, don't let your guard down because temptation is inevitable. Temptation is inevitable. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was tempted. Who's to say that we're not going to be? Temptation is inevitable. But I, I want to read something again from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Uh, it says, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different than what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out and so that you can endure. There's not a single situation, there's not a single circumstance we'll be in that we'll be tempted in that God will not show us a way out. No matter how far in you are, he's gonna show you a way out. He gives you a way out. Now, the hard part is, is to have the self-control, to be close enough to the Holy Spirit, to, to, to hear the Holy Spirit enough to say, you know what, I'm not gonna do that thing. Because I'm gonna walk out of temptation. I'm gonna take the path that God has for me, the, 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 the way of escape that God has for me to get out of this temptation. That is what the self-control looks like. And it's hard, it's not easy, it's hard. But I wanna warn you today to, to be mindful of that because Satan's working really, really hard to try to, to try to steal God's children. And he doesn't care how long it takes. He just wants to steal, he wants to kill, and he wants to destroy. There's not a single temptation that God will not give us an option to run from. Now, he never said it would never come. He never said it would never come, but he always gives us a way out. I'll, I'll close with this. I heard a, I heard a pastor say once um, that, that he, was, he was on a, he, he, was, he was going and, and preaching a conference somewhere and he got on the plane um, I don't know what airline, I don't think it matters, but he got on the plane and, and uh, th there was this woman that sat next to him and, uh, and she said, hey, you know, just making friendly conversation. Hey, where are, you, where are you headed? And he said, I'm going to so-and-so place. She's like, oh my gosh, me too. You know, you should come into my hotel room and we should hang out. And he, he literally got up from his seat and said, ah, get me off of this plane. And he was shouting and everyone looked at him. And, 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 and you might think, that's a little rash, don't you? That's a little irrational. But then he said this, if you don't embarrass sin, sin will embarrass you. We've got to live with self-control. We've got to be close enough to the Holy Spirit to, to, to see his fruit evident in our lives, to see his fruit evident in, in every situation that we go into. We've got to live in a way that brings God glory because that's our limit. And again, it's not the, it's not that the alcohol is the, is the bad thing. Drunkenness is the bad thing, but, but what leads to that? What, what is your limit with, with God? What, what is your limit that, that, that glorifies God? What is a point, and, and, and again, pray about this. What is your point that says, mm, that's not glorifying to God anymore and I'm just gonna cut it off and throw it into the fire. These are the questions we need to, to ask ourselves. So the elephant in the room is, is can Christians drink alcohol? And I, I think that's the wrong question to ask. I think a better question to ask would be to, does alcohol affect your ability to glorify God? Is it you that has control over it? Or is it it that has control over 
you. Let's stand up on our feet this morning, and uh, I'm going to challenge you on the way out, but I always like to make you stand up so you retain it, because it gets your blood cells and everything flowing, your brain cells moving. I want you to absorb this information. I know this was a, <clears throat> this series is going to be tough, <laughs> but I want to encourage you, please, please, please try to make it out for each and every single one because God has a good word for us. And I think that transformation happens not when we're comfortable, but actually when we're uncomfortable. It, it, God can, can come in and, and give you his peace when we feel like we don't have any because we're, we're leaving everything that we're familiar with. God can come in and, and, and do something incredible when we say, you know what, I, I give away all of my comfortability in this life and I'm just gonna trust you instead, which is really uncomfortable. But I think God wants to work through this, through this sermon series and, and I think God wants to do a work in each and every single one of us. And whether this alcohol message applies to you or not, I don't know, but, but I, I think that there's something we all have, um, we all have lack of self-control over. I, I think we all have at least one thing that we can think of and more than likely it's the thing that came to your head right now. But I, 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 I want us not to, <clears throat> not to be people, <clears throat> excuse me, not to be, I don't want to grow a church that, that deciphers between, you know, like, oh, is alcohol bad for you? Is it bad for you? I, that's not what I want to, that's not what I want. I want to grow a church that is responsive and receptive to the Holy Spirit. Enough to say, whether I want to do it or not, I'm going to do whatever glorifies God in this moment, each and every single moment that we live. And so that's my, my challenge for you today is to pray, pray about this. I mean, really do pray about this. What, what is one th at least one thing this week that you can, can give to God and, and just say, look, I, I can't control myself over this and I need your help. I need your help, God. I need your self-control. I need your guidance. I need your, your wisdom over this thing. And, and he's gonna help you through it. And he's gonna offer you a way out each and every single time. We just have to look for it. That's what I'm trying to, trying to do here is, is to get you to, to be closer to the Holy Spirit, be closer to Jesus so he can guide your lives in the way that glorifies him. Because that's what we're here to do. That's all what we're here to do. Let me pray over you guys and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get going and, and so you can beat the Baptist to the buffet, okay? All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, so much for this wonderful day and this, this beautiful weather that we're having. And God, we're so grateful for this time and this, this space that we're able to connect with you and to, to pray to you, to sing songs to you, to lift you up and to just be in your presence and in the presence of all the people that you've brought in our lives for such a time as this. God, I pray that you would do something in our hearts, do something in our, our lives today that, that lets us leave different, that lets us go out and live differently. And, and not just to say that we live differently, but to, to live in a, in a way that's, that, that is closer to you, to live in a way that is glorifying to you, to live in a way that is loving to you. Because that's our hearts today is, is we just want to be closer. We just want to be closer. And if there's anyone here who, who does not have a relationship with Jesus or, or, or does not claim to follow Jesus, or maybe you do and it's 
kind of been a, a long way off and, and you just don't feel like you're, you're doing it the best way that you can, I, I've got some good news for you today is that you can restart or you can start for the very first time right now. And it's not a, it's not a prayer you have to pray. It's not a, a, a thing you have to do. You just have to make a decision in your heart you're going you're gonna to follow Jesus. You're going you're gonna to start uh, uh, um, drawing yourself closer to this man that we read about in the scriptures because he's here right now too and, and he, he wants you to know that he loves you so, so much and he would be willing to set everything aside to make this moment possible, to set everything in motion to make this moment possible just so you can hear this message. And so all that looks like is just taking a next step towards him your very next step, whether it's even just turning around or, 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 or taking half a step towards him, whatever that looks like in your life, I want to encourage you to do that today before you leave this room, because I promise you, your life is going to be transformed forever for the better. But God, I pray that you would <clears throat> bless us and, and keep us and let your face shine upon us. Point your countenance toward us and, and give us peace. and give us the boldness to live this life out, this a fresh life, this new life with you. Let us live it out with courage and strength and in a way that honors you. And God, just remind us how much we're loved each and every single day. God, we love you and we praise you and we give you all of who we are in this place. Pray that you would take it and mold us into who you want us to be because we are the clay and you're the potter and you're going to make something really good out of us if we give you, if we surrender our lives to you. So we pray this all in your name, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. We pray that God has used this message to speak to you and to show you how much He loves you. And if God has shown you something incredible, we want to hear about it. Please send us an email to hello at afreshchurch.com. And if you want to partner with us financially to help our ministry spread the good news of Jesus' love for all people, you can do so at afreshchurch.com slash give. Every dollar we receive goes back to loving people into a relationship with Jesus. We want to encourage you to go out and live life with the one who gives life because it's so much better when we do it with Jesus. Jesus.